Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Uncaped Heroes and Midweek Mind Candy. We are so glad to have you with us and that you've joined us. We hope that this intrigues your brain, opens up your mind, opens up your heart, and gives you a moment to think about how the words that we discuss on Wednesdays play into your life. My name is Stacey Johnston. I am honored, as always, to be here with you and equally as honored to always sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. How are you today, Cassie? I am doing great. It is a beautiful day, and I apologize ahead of time if you hear my very vocal goat in the background. Lupe has a lot of fun today. <laughs> you know, her input can be very important. She's a, she, she plays an important role in your house with your kids, so she might have some stuff to say. All right, let's get this conversation going. Kathy, what do you... What intrigues you the most? We've talked about the joy and the blessing and the honor of getting to do this. But what's the intrigue in these conversations for you? It's a different perspective. Hmm. Because after every Wednesday and every conversation we have, I find myself looking at the words that we have talked about from a different perspective, or trying to, from a different perspective, you know, and trying to take into account, you know, how other people also interpret that word. Mm-hmm. Not saying that three people's opinions count for the entire world, but, you know, three different versions of, versions of a word is a pretty good place to start. So mm-hmm. for me, it is expanding my perspective. I like that. I think it causes me to actually look at the verbiage of these words in my life. When we talk about it and we talk about the definition, I think that's one thing and that's a concept. But when you turn it around and go, but how do you verb that? How do you live that and model that and show that in a positive light? I think that's what's fun for me. That's the intrigue in there. How is that going to open that for me? And how am I going to begin to see that word in my life? I think we've covered so many words that you don't think about, I mean, you think about your, what's your casual definition until you really look at the part that they play in your everyday existence. And you know, I like that intrigue. It's kind of like a, ooh, mystery. What's that going to play out? So I love it. If you're ready, let's bring in our guest. We have a beautiful lady with us today. She's a returning guest for us. Um, she joined us on our Uncaped Heroes podcast, and so we're thrilled to have her back today for Midweek Mind Candy. So may we present Dr. Erica Michalowski. Hello, all. Um, I have to start by saying, Cassie, I'm so glad you said something about a goat because I thought I heard something, and then I thought maybe I'm losing it. So I'm, really glad, I'm really glad that that is a real animal and not something happening in my head, which feels like it could 100% happen given all this week has brought. You are 100% not imagining the goat. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. And you said your goat's name is Lupe? Her name is Lupe. My daughter really likes Ferdinand, and she wanted a calming goat, so we now have a goat in our yard named Lupe that jumps that on the trampoline. That makes my heart so happy. <laughs> She's hilarious. It's a pretty fun goat. It's the only goat I've ever seen literally get on the trampoline, jump on the trampoline with the children, and if the kids get off the herd, the goat will herd them back up on the table because he's not through jumping. That's amazing. It is the funniest thing you've ever seen. If you've never watched a goat jump on a trampoline, it is worth a video just to see that happen. That's funny. This is a very entertaining goat. So, ladies, let's get on with this conversation. Today, 
Dr. Erica, we would love to have a conversation with you around the word dignity. When you hear the word dignity, what comes to your mind? How do you define that word? Well, well, those are two different questions. What comes to mind, I'll start with first, is I think, unfortunately, we're seeing an increase in the stripping of dignity of other humans. So when I think of the word dignity, the first thing I think of is, am I doing everything I can to honor the dignity of others? Um, Because I think we are getting a lot of messaging about how it is okay to compromise how we address or honor the dignity in other people. And that doesn't align with my personal value structure, but I think the cultural um, nature of how, at least in the U.S., we are living feels like we are stripping people of their dignity in certain ways. So when I think of dignity, the first thing I think of from a personal perspective is, are my behaviors compromising someone else's sense of dignity? Because if they are, then I need to get myself in check immediately. So that's my first thought. I like the fact that you thought of whether or not your behavior is compromising someone else's dignity versus taking dignity in that personal stance. Right, you're offending mine. Right, I think we have so many people right now that are standing there going, excuse me, did you just offend me? Right, and so to take it from that perspective where you're actually looking at how your dignity affects someone else, that's important. That's a beautiful point. Kathy, where does the word dignity take you? I think it takes me more towards composure and self-esteem. Right, because if you have low self-esteem and, you know, low drive, then your appearance reflects that, right? And so if you're not composed as a whole, I feel like your sense of dignity is less. And, I, and it's not so much as a, oh, look, they have no dignity. It's so much as I don't deserve dignity, right? So it's more of a, it's more of composure and self-esteem from that aspect. Hmm. Okay. Very open concept of dignity, right? Again, looking at it from, from that perspective of inside. And for me, I think dignity, if I'm going to talk about personally, how do I own the word dignity? I think dignity is the... I want to say basis, but I'm not sure that that's the right word. It's part of the foundation for who I am, for what I see as principle, what I see as important in my life. An example, I'm watching my mom as my stepdad walks through this spin of the end of their lives. We're in assisted living. We're having little TIAs. We're struggling to maintain. We've got some Alzheimer's coming on. And so I see her struggle with the need for care versus the dignity that that feels like it takes away from her to accept that care. Right? There's a, a level of dignity in, in who you are and what you believe in and what you stand for. And sometimes it gets down to physical, how you dress, how you do your hair, the speech that you use, the way you present yourself, how you manage your own physical body. And that 
to watch that be compromised. Like you said, Erica, for someone else's dignity to be compromised in that way is difficult to watch. And so dignity for me, I think, is taking on a new, a new meaning in the last couple of years, and it's really more about how I feel about the world and how I, how I stand. It's part of the legacy that I live. It's part of the story that I leave behind is my dignity and how I keep that intact by who I present myself to be and who I believe myself to be. Um, Erica, where does that take you? Well, I was thinking, so when I think about dignity, I also think about honor. And the tricky part about honor is it's so intimately bound to who we are internally. And, for example, in in that um, scenario that you just shared, Stacey, with with your um, family, there is how you want to honor your mom in this, I think some people call it the sunset season, um, or in this time of transition, and how you want to honor her may not align with how she wants to be honored. And that can get really tricky to try and reconcile um, showing someone that you value their dignity um, and having someone else, you know, frame it in a different way. So I think it's it's, it's a really uniquely intimate and personal collection of emotions that comes with dignity, especially at times when you don't have complete control of the pieces that you would normally ascribe to it. So how you look or how you take care of yourself, that may be part of it. Um, I think also of I do a lot of work in um, volunteer work with recovering addicts, and so a lot of them – feel like they have compromised their dignity because of choices that they've made in the past, but they're in a state of trying to regain the sense of self and, and move forward. And so how I show up to stand alongside them is more important than how I want to do that. So having being able to have some of that um, awareness or conversation with how do I support you instead of making intentional choices on behalf of other people. And to me, that's the marker of whether or not we're honoring someone else's dignity is we're making decisions in tandem and partnership with someone that we're trying to honor rather than for or at someone we're trying to honor. Mm. Very important point. I love that. I love the things that these conversations bring to light, just like that, just like that moment of perspective right there. Kathy, as as a person that understands that path of recovery, where does that conversation take you in dignity? If you're talking about it from a recovery perspective, dignity comes from humility, right? You have to be able to sit with yourself and face your demons and deal with the things that you have done and be humble enough to accept the situation, right? And from there, you rebuild your dignity, right? You rebuild trust. You rebuild relationships. You you recompose yourself, you know? So I think, um, yeah, I think it comes from, from being okay with humility, being okay with admitting that you were wrong and here's why and 
you know, hmm. block that. So let me ask you both this. Do you think dignity is an outward appearance or an inner understanding? Right? Is dignity oh. something other people see in you or is, it, is dignity a level you set within yourself? Erica? You know, I think for me it's an internal thing because an outward thing is ultimately assessed by other people in ways that you can't control. So, you know, we talked before about how I would show up in a glittery cape or those sorts of things. There are lots of people that would not ascribe my approach to my personal appearance as something that would ever align with what they would classify as dignity. And the good news is I don't care. (laughs) Um, So I think for me, dignity is how you feel in your own existence as self. That absolutely includes how I choose to dress because that's how that's aligning with me. But part of it has to come with letting go of the opinions and perspectives of someone else being projected on me. So if I can reconcile when I look in the mirror who I am, then when I walk down the street, I don't have any opinion or any need for the energy that someone else has towards who I am as an individual. So for me, it's a very internal thing that may be expressed externally, but if you can't land in um, a sense of respect for yourself and honor for yourself, um, especially on days that are hard and heavy and dark, dignity externally will only ever be performative. I like that. That's a good, that's a very good word. I like, I like that. That's a beautiful concept. Kathy, where does that take you? I think it's both. And I think it's both because of how I started the conversation, right? I think that having your, I think, I think self-esteem has a big part to play in it, right? And, you know, you hear people say things like the state of your house or the state of your vehicle is the state that your mind is in, right? And again, that is an outward judgment, but it's not because it's true, right? So I think that if you if your dignity is intact and you feel good about yourself and your situation and what you're doing and where you're going, then that's outwardly visible to people. Whether they like it or not, that's their choice. And like you said, who cares at the end of the day? But people's outward appearance changes when how they change on the inside feels. Very good observation. People do present themselves a lot of times in exactly how they feel. Yeah. So I think that dignity is the inward expression of the outward characteristics of character and integrity. I think your self-dignity in, in where you stand and how what you perceive as honorable, I believe those are the basis for where your character and integrity comes from. Right, because your character and integrity, they don't get built in a crisis, they just show up. But that basis for who you're going to show up as, who you're going to present as, what kind of wife are you going to be, what kind of spouse are you going to be, what kind of mother, what kind of friend, 
what kind of daughter, what kind of employee, that all is based on your personal standards of dignity. Who do you show up as? And can you honor that? And can you show up as that in spite of what the world would have you show up as? I think that's where your dignity comes from, and that is outwardly expressed in the character and integrity that you display to other people in the way you live your life. Erica, Kathy, does that open up any conversation for either of you from that perspective? Well, I was just thinking about Kathy's comment, and I'm kind of chuckling a little because I think that there's, a, there's sort of a, a moving target. Um, I certainly hope that my car is not a reflection of my dignity. I'm a mom of two small children who perpetually has a car that doesn't look like I may have it together, so I struggle a little bit with, with a piece that was said about how your, your house or your life is a reflection of your dignity. I would, I would say I, I adamantly do not agree with, with that at all. Not necessarily of your dignity, but of your of your mental state. You know, if you're if you're depressed and you're sad, then you're less likely to have a tidy house. You know, you're less likely to care that there is a bottle of water in the cup holder in the backseat of the car. You know, because things like that just don't matter when you're in that state of mind. Excuse me. When you're when you're in the throes of anxiety and depression the fact that you have literally had the same messy bun for four days does not matter. I mean, because you just don't care. It doesn't matter to you. It's not on the top of your priority list. So that's what I meant by that. Uh, yeah, I guess I just don't see necessarily, I think you can have dignity and also be navigating anxiety and depression. So I, maybe there's just a connection that's being made that I don't, that I'm not following. Because I know plenty of people who have, um, you know, challenges with anxiety, depression, various mental health things that doesn't have anything to do with what I would describe as their dignity or value. So I'm just, I'm not just, I, I didn't, I didn't say that it did have anything to do with their dignity or value. I said it had everything to do with their self-esteem and their mental state. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm just those. missing a connection is what's happening. It's okay. Again, that's the beauty in these kind of conversations is that it's not, there's no, there's no wrong answer, right, in how you perceive it and how it works for you and how you model it. So let's turn it around a little bit and let's talk about dignity from a teaching standpoint. If you're going to work with clients, if you're going to work with your children, if you're going to be in a state of teaching or mentoring or coaching in a world where you're trying to bring these kind of things and these character possibilities to, to life so that they can feel better about who they are. How do you define and model dignity to those around you in a positive way so that it doesn't come off as pretentious in any way? Erica, we'll let you go first. I think, again, it goes back to what I said earlier, which is showing up alongside another human and asking the role that you can play instead of making assumptions about needs or um, next steps for an individual. I think the ultimate metric of displaying dignity or supporting dignity in other people is putting the other person first. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, so many times I think if we put other people's needs or wants in the forefront, it can become selfless in that, not, not less of yourself, but 
thinking in that way, then it does help us identify the dignity and the need for that in other people and to be enhanced. Well, and I don't you? have necessarily oh, conversations with my children about, I mean, my kids are first and second grade. We've talked about that before. So dignity is a tricky word to potentially come up with um, a rational, age-appropriate definition, I think, for a first and second grader sometimes. But how we talk about helping and serving other people is a reflection of that. So ultimately, when, when they evolve into a place where we can talk more intentionally about dignity, it will already harken back to the way that we approach serving other people, having conversations about what's happening in the world or at school or whatever. Those conversations are always rooted in honoring the existence of other people. And that is, to me, the hallmark of um, recognizing the dignity of of others. Do no harm. Absolutely. I think that's beautiful. Kathy, how about you? I think on the flip side of the coin, one of the things that is an important lesson for everybody, really, is to be okay with standing alone and believing that you're enough, even if you're by yourself, right? Get comfortable not sitting at the table where you're going to be the topic of conversation when you get up just so you'll be included. There's more dignity in standing on your own sometimes than there is in subjecting yourself to negativity just for a false sense of security, right? A false sense Mm -hmm. of being included or popularity or whatever it is, right? So... Oh, yeah, I would say I don't worry about inclusion from a perspective of being liked. I think inclusion in the popularity lens is very different than inclusion of people regardless of their backstory. Yeah. Everybody's got a story. You know, and I think that the biggest thing that you can do to help people understand where their dignity lies, especially in this field that we, are, we, we all find ourselves in as coaches and teachers and trainers, is to recognize that everybody sees the world through their very own lens. And so just like this conversation is proof of, we all have a concept of, of what that is about for us and what that means for us and where we stand in that. And that comes from the lens with which we see the world. Right? You, we all grew up in a place where you watched how the role of women, the role of men, the role of extended family and friends and society, and you get this lens by those experiences with which you see the world. And to honor your truth in that, to your, your dignity through your lens, that's what's important. It's never my job to get the people that I work with or mentor to see the world through my lens and understand dignity from my perspective. That's a, that sets me up to fail because that's not even a reality. You have to get them comfortable with the lens that they see and understand what dignity is about for them. Because until you do that, so you have a clear concept of what uh-huh. dignity is about for you, it's very hard for you to honor the dignity of someone else. And so when you understand what it's about for you, it makes it much easier to see and to recognize and to honor the dignity of other people. It opens that door. For me. I agree. So, okay. And how about you, Erica? Does that, that bring to mind anything? Kathy, where do you stand on that statement? Uh, I think honoring other people's dignity 
a lot of times involves things that people don't think about, right? Like sitting with the, the – I read a story the other day about um, a bench at an elementary school that was painted in all these colors. And if somebody didn't have some a, a, a playmate on the playground, they would sit on that bench, that particular bench, and then somebody else would notice them sitting there and go sit with them and then play with them, right? So it was like not necessarily an inclusion bench, but kind of, right? Because they were saying, you know, I don't have anybody to play with. I'm by myself. Would somebody come sit with me without having to say it, right? So I think honoring somebody's integrity sometimes doesn't have anything to do with with what you say but more your actions, right? I mean, who knows what kind of day that little kid is having and what kind of day he's going to have right after that other kid goes and sits next to him on that bench, whether he says anything or not. Right. Oh, yeah, we have a, my kids have a buddy bench at their school is what it's called. It's the same concept. And on days when my younger daughter, who's an extreme empath, has come home and either has a story about how she was sitting on the bench because the friends that she wanted to play with were playing a game that she didn't want to play or some such thing, or where she happened to see someone else. In either experience, I think it reignites the awareness of what it feels like to be seen. The simplicity of being seen, I think, is um, something that gets lost in a culture where now everything is fake scene, right, on social media or whatever, and I use the word performative already once, but, uh, you know, life has become aggressively performative in a lot of ways, but I think being seen as who you are can absolutely amplify your own sense of self-worth. And sometimes that means being seen as who you are sitting alone on a bench, looking Mm -hmm. for you know, because sometimes you don't want another person. So the the figurative bench that we all have that we can sit on and, and hope someone sees us sitting, sometimes we're good in our own space, but sometimes we we want someone to be present with us and we have no way to, to ask that that feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost a step down from your dignity to have to ask for a friend or a companion to play with. So... I think it's a beautiful way to put it out there. I love the idea of the bench. I think that's neat. I think that's a really good way to teach children. It's hard to sit on that bench. Right. It's hard to be the kid that sits on the bench that has to say, I don't have anybody to play with. And so preserving that dignity to go sit alongside with him, I think that's a beautiful way to begin to model that. For and you asked about, you know, you asked a little bit about teaching. How do you teach that as a parent? I think the conversation that you have when you know that, exists in your kid's environment is, did you see anyone on that bench today? And if the answer is yes, and then did you, did you join the bench, then there's a different conversation, right? Then if, if someone says, yeah, and I went over there or that sort of thing. So I think when we get signs from someone else that they have a need, we have the opportunity to respond. Hmm. Hmm. I Okay, I, I appreciate that concept. I agree with that. I like the bench idea. So, ladies, we have come to a place where we're going to have to wind down. We're going to honor our, 
our guests, and we're also going to honor our, our listeners today with our time. So I would like to start by saying thank you so very much, Ms. Erica, for joining us today. We're honored to have had you with us. Thank you for returning and being a guest with us again. We would love our audience to always remember that we are brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If you would like to visit with us, if you'd like to share a story, maybe banter a word, we're interested in what you have to say. Please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. We're going to start our tradition. We're going to pass out with a final comment. Cassie, we're going to start with you. How would you like to leave our audience today with the word dignity? I would just like for everybody to remember that you are brave and you are strong and you're amazing and you are enough. Mm, Beautiful. Erica, how would you like to leave our audience today with the word dignity? Please give us the honor of closing us out. I would just like to remind everyone that dignity isn't something that you earn. It is something that you innately have as a human on this planet. And every breath you take is validation of the dignity that you should have and be given um, and honored by the people around you um, and hopefully within yourself. But dignity isn't something you earn or work for. Dignity is something that is yours innately without any effort. 